With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. to a special edition of that's a rap podcast i am your host jason i have a special guest on for you guys uh but before we do that i just gotta kind of clear we don't have Dre on this one we don't have jen this one those guys don't want to talk about baseball <laughs> for one but i'm doing a special kind of like spin-off show for that's a rap and i'm calling and i'm shouting out my wife christine who came up with this idea it's called that's a raptorial which is basically tutorial for you Raptor and us, me, Raptors fan, who have no idea about the other Toronto sports teams that are representing your great city of Toronto. Us Raptor fans, we love basketball. We don't know jack about baseball, though. So we have the one and only. Hurt this mouth! What the rattle is cooking? Yes. <laughs> Y'all know who he is. Man. He is the host of the Self to the Six podcast. He is the co-host of the extremely famous and run well done while she's napping podcast, as well as the co-host of the Jay Bird Watching podcast, Mister Go Rock himself, Mister. <laughs> Yeah, How bro. Are you, my friend? I'd be lying if I told you that this wasn't in my workout playlist. It most certainly. <laughs> I, I swear to hope that is your number one. Oh, I put it on shuffle, but it's on there. Nice, nice, nice. nice. Apparently, your latest episode of Wowsy Napping, you guys had uh, wrestling theme songs for like your introductions for our wedding. Yeah, we did. Nice. Yeah, man. dude. Yeah. Good for you. Good it for was you. sick. Coast Steve Austin. It was our reverend, right? So we had, uh, no. friend, yeah, dude, we had a friend of ours um, officiate the we- the wedding, and he uh, he already had the Stone Cold belt, and he said, "I just want to come out to Stone Cold Steve Austin." That sort of got the ball uh, rolling. So yeah. I said, "All right, well, we'll all come out to wrestling themes because this will be fun, and you know, we want it to be fun." And I got him a, a shirt, kind of like the Austin three sixteen shirt, but we got married on September twenty sixth, so. It said Reverend 926, and on the back of the shirt, it said, I just got you married. And uh, That is amazing. Yeah, he did the beer smash and the pour and everything. It was awesome. I just hope he didn't, like, flip any fingers anyway. Uh, no, he did not. <laughs> no. But I will say, I my, my wife and I did crotch chop because we came out to DX. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Uh, you can imagine if you had, like, indoor, like, fireworks doing the X and everything. It would be amazing. That would have been amazing. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Well, welcome to the show. And thank you for being the guinea pig, if you will, of the Raptor tutorials. I couldn't have not asked 
you, uh, Mr. Adam Corsair, the the famous Adam Corsair, who is south of the border, everybody who's not uh, who doesn't know Adam Corsair. I don't know why you don't know South of the Six uh, for you Raptor fans. But yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. brother. You're too kind. And thank you. Thank you for having me. And, you know, I'm, I'm honored to be the uh, the guinea pig for this project. And I got to say, man, and this was a, a very, very good idea. I know I told you this off, off, uh, offline on the DMs, but this idea, you know, during Raptors offseason and whatnot, it's a really good way to sort of not only gauge and expand the audience, but it's also a good way to sort of maybe motivate people to want to yeah. get into other Toronto sports. I think that's yeah, a beautiful ex- thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like, if you're a Toronto Raptors fan, you're you're going to love everybody who reps the city. And what I notice a lot, when, especially for people who like us who are on Twitter all the time, you see like the other sports teams from Toronto who are also repping the, you know, the other sports team in Toronto. Like you have the Raptors uh, repping the Jays or the Leafs, TFC, whoever they're on the playoffs and they do, and the other teams do the same for the Raptors. And it's just like the camaraderie is fantastic. So I just, I just thought, you know, there's some downtime. Yes, we are in the conference final or sorry, we are in the actual nba finals right now uh the mlb playoffs are playing right now football is back so there's a lot of sports but for toronto raptors fans you know it's it's kind of it's a little bit of a uh it's an off season it's the mm. off season right we're still waiting to see what's going to happen with Masai, freddie all the yeah, all the acquisitions we're hoping to get um but at the at the moment i just wanted to talk about the other toronto sports teams that us raptors fans really should get involved with and i thought this was a great idea so Without further ado, you are all not only rep the Raptors very hard with your South of the Six podcast, everybody, you know, shout out South of the Six. You got you also co-host uh, another podcast called the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. So first and foremost, you're from New, e- or New England, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. How did you become a Blue Jays fan? Because I think you were a, like if we were talking uh, off air, I know that before you became Blue Jays fan first before you became a Raptors fan. Yeah, the Blue Jays. Blue Jays were my first love, um, nice. and you know this may sound strange because I, I, I'm sure a lot of the audience that's listening here obviously are Toronto Raptors fans, and if there's any cross pollination between South of the Six and that's a wrap. It's it's purely based on the Toronto Raptors fanhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I it. People get shocked when they hear this. I'm a way bigger Jays fan than I am a Raptors fan. Uh, yeah, I, I noticed that. Yeah, and it's because I. I've stuck with this team ever since I was, I don't know, seven years old. And, um, you know, they went to the World Series for the first time in 1992. And my dad was a huge Oakland A's fan. And he raised us in a household that hated the Red Sox. Absolutely hated the Red Sox. Interesting. And he said, you can pick any team you want to pick. Any team. It does not have to be the home team. You can pick any team you want. But no, no matter what, you have to stick with that team. He told me this at seven mm-hmm. years old. And of course, the Blue Jays are playing in the World Series at the time. And me being a kid, I'm like, okay, I want, I like that team because they're winning, <laughs> right? You know, everybody loves Jordan and the Bulls when they're young, you know? So mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'm going to, I'll be a Blue Jays fan. And he said, okay, no matter what, you have to stick with that team. And no matter what, I've stuck with them through and through. And as a result of that, I became a Toronto Raptors fan because, you know, springing from, the Toronto-ness of the Blue Jays, obviously I gravitated towards the Raptors because the the culture at that time was, it was a new team. It was exciting. Uh, as yeah. a kid, I loved the Dino jerseys. So that's sort of how the web expanded. Perfect. Man, that's awesome. I mean, so it's kind of like by, by happen chance that yes. when you were watching, it was like, I like this team. And that's some great advice from your pops because like it, it's true. You know, you don't really want to see a bandwagoner. If you have a team, you stick with that team. You know, like I'm not, I'm not, you know, hating on any bandwagoners. You know, you like whoever you want. But I mean, it's nice to know when you have a team, you, you want to root for them. You can like other teams. Honestly, I love the Miami Heat. Those, no. I hope those guys win that championship, but I will ride and die with my Toronto Raptors, and I hope you guys do too, uh, whoever's listening right now. But we're not here to talk about the Raptors. We're here to talk about Blue Jays. And Adam, I'll be quite honest with you, right, brother? Okay. I, I I don't really know anything about baseball. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. I know I know that there's pitchers, and I know that there's catches, and I know that there's batters, and I I can get the feel. I've, I've been to a baseball game before. I mean, mainly because the cheap seats are really cheap up in the 500s in the Skydome uh, or Rogers Center at now. 
it's a fun time. You go there, you go with your buds because you, you can pay $10 for a ticket and $10 for a beer. And it's a good time. But I really don't understand it. So I was hoping, and honestly, this podcast is mostly for me. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping you could kind of give us like a, a tutorial, a raptorial, if you will, on baseball. Maybe you can give us like some comparisons when it comes to uh, baseball with basketball. For example, basketball, you got five on five, 48 minutes, two halves, four quarters, 94 feet, all on that stuff that everybody who's listening right now, hopefully kind of knows that. Mm. Uh, But for baseball, how many players are there really on a team? There's so many players on the bench. What is the difference in positions in in the outfields? And, you know, like we can we can start from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning. Sure. How do you play baseball, bro? How do you play? <laughs> um, it's it's very difficult, but um, it is by far to me the most beautiful game ever. ever. Okay. Why? Explain that though. Because it's it's a lesson in simplicity and dexterity at the same time, as well as you have to embrace inaction. Um, with basketball, okay. there's a constant, constant action that you're watching there's a constant movement and there's um there's there's something happening at all times right there's someone cutting there's someone yeah. moving underneath yeah. there's someone setting picks it's a it's a very there's action team. yeah it's a very yeah. team oriented sport whereas baseball i'm not saying is individualistic but there's a lot of inaction there's a lot of downtime right and so mm. that stress level is sort of cranked up a little bit because you're waiting and you have to be patient it's kind of like a, a, a well-done movie. You know, you watch one of these movies that are, are just brilliant, like, I don't know, Citizen Kane or, or okay. Schindler's List or something. It's, it's a long, drawn-out process, but when you take the totality of it, it's a beautiful piece of art, right? And baseball is sort of the same way. Its inaction is so, so much or as important as its action, and that's what makes the action, when it happens, build like a crescendo. Um, Interesting. So a baseball game is a Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Except if it's not like <laughs> Memento where it moves backwards. It's oh, okay, okay, fair for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, I remember a, a friend or a coworker of mine, he's a friend of mine too. He loves base, he loves all sports, but he just said that playoff baseball is like the most beautiful game because you just see all the moving pieces throughout the game. And I, I in my head I'm like, but that's what that's what basketball is like that's what nick nurse does that's what spo mm. does so again I'm, we're going we're moving way too ahead of our, our, ourselves sure in baseball so i'm going to try to kind of say the things that i know uh and then maybe you can correct me mm-hmm. in baseball you got there's nine innings yes and, ba- and basically you got a a, a pitcher and, and and a catcher the catcher is giving the pitcher signals depending on the batter mm-hmm. and then the batter can hit singles doubles home runs of course but the majority of the game is really like the, the end all be all is is a point system, right? So whoever has the more points wins the game, but overtime is extra innings. Is Correct. that right? Yes. Okay. Okay, perfect. How many people are on an actual team though? Normally 25. Um, 25. Yeah, it got expanded this year due to COVID, but traditionally 25. They might again expand it once uh, the season resumes in a normal capacity. But um, in the beginning of this shortened season, there were 28, um, and then they shortened it to 26. Normally, there's 25. I do think they are increasing it to 26 for the just forever. They changed the rule to add that extra Interesting. guy. Um, okay. Once September hits... Does that include uh, pitchers as well? Like yes. Like 25 includes a pitcher? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there's, there's always this argument as, do you want to have an extra arm in the bullpen, or do you want to have an extra guy on the, on, on the bench? To fill in. Usually teams uh, go with the bullpen arm because bullpen um, depth is so important um, to, in order to win games and to, to sort of close out games. But um, traditionally 25, I think they're moving to 26. Um, you have expanded rosters in September. So once we get closer to the playoffs and the minor league system is over, that season is over because the minor league season ends earlier than the major league season, rosters expand. Um, so you're able to bring up, I, I want to say, whew, up to eight or 10 more players. I think it actually, yeah, I think it's eight or 10 more really? players. Yeah, you can have quite a bit, or maybe it's five. I'm not sure. There, there's been a lot of changes happening as a result of COVID. But in September, okay. you can expand the roster to include minor league players that you think deserve a shot and taste of the major leagues. So, okay, let me get this straight. So I'm, the minors is kind of like the the G League. Yes. 
So I'm doing like a little bit of comparison when it comes to basketball. So if you, if let's say the G League is is finished, um, then by the time the playoffs come, they the Blue Jays can uh, include about five to eight players from their G League team, quote unquote, into their major team, and then they go into the playoffs with extra players. Yeah. So right now, I I, I should correct it. It's you have an ex- you have a roster. It's it's very confusing. You have a total roster of forty players. It's called the forty man roster. Those okay. forty people are eligible to be on the major league team, but at the same time, uh, fifteen of them during the season need to play in the minors. So you have this call up system, right? So oh. fifteen players are in the minors, but if the say the Jays wanted to call you up because of injury or because of uh, you're breaking out in the minor leagues, you can be called up. All right. Once September happens, the roster expansion is actually two players. So it's 40 players total, but you can expand it to two during the regular season to have on a major league baseball team. Would those uh, extra two players actually get playing time, though? Yeah, some of them do. Some of them, especially with teams that are out of contention, you just want to see what you have there in order to evaluate the talent. Um, and towards the end of the game, uh, end of the year, rather, if you're out of contention, those games are meaningless. Interesting. And and most of the time that they are going to call up like a, a play a pitcher, most likely, like you said, right? It depends. It depends on what your area of need is. It depends on mm-hmm. the level of um, prospect you are. If you're a highly touted, say, first baseman with power hitting, you want to test that out in the big leagues because the, you know, you you take the difference between single-A baseball, double-A baseball, that's like an incremental increase in talent. Double-A to triple-A, another incremental yep. increase in talent. Triple-A to the okay. major leagues is cranking it to 11. You're playing wow. against the best of the best in the planet. I see. That's Man, that's quite interesting. Like It's it's confusing when you look at it because I, I was looking, doing a little bit of research when it comes to the Jays roster, and then you have like the 40-man roster, you have the depth chart, mm-hmm. then you have like all the outfielders, infielders, and pitchers. And when I notice when I'm watching some Jays games, you see the players in the dugout with their the coaches. And then there's also players in like the outfield where the pitchers are sitting. The bullpen. The bull okay, that's right. The bullpen. And in during the game, throughout the entire game, the the coach can call uh someone from the bullpen mm-hmm. to come up to play uh after like the starting starting pitcher is either tired or they're having a bad game yes right? yes they get anytime well Interesting. In, in the new rules a pitcher has to face a minimum of three batters like even even from the bullpen so they have to play three batters like they can't just like here uh uh john stanton is playing is is batting and I need my ace there. So can he play that like one player and then that's it? No. So they a couple of years ago the Brewers tried to finesse this in the playoffs and they did because there wasn't a rule for it. So they had uh, an ace pitcher, well one of their ace pitchers, come out during a playoff game, face one batter, and then got pulled, and he was done. You can't go back in once you're out. Yeah. Um, right. And so Major League Baseball said, no, that's kind of not fair uh, to the player. And I think this is a Major League Baseball Players Association as well. So it's not fair to the player to just get one batter. Um, he's trying to show his stuff, especially during a contract year. You want to be able to earn that next contract. And you can't mm. necessarily do that if you're just playing mm-hmm. one, facing one batter. So Major League Baseball and the MLBPA came up with this rule that a pitcher must face a minimum of three. So if you want to use an opener, they call it, for the first inning, and you get three outs based on uh, three batters, that pitcher does not have to pitch for the rest of the game. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot of like mini games within the game. Yes. Almost. Yes. Wow. Okay. So speaking about the game, how many players are on the field? Like on on the defensive end when they're not batting? Nine. So you have um, catcher, pitcher, first, second, third, Mm -hmm. shortstop, left field, right field, and center field. Um. In the American League, and I do think this is actually going to be here to stay, but traditionally in the American League, you have a designated hitter that bats in place for the pitcher. In the National League, traditionally, you have the pitcher bat. I think they're going to get rid of that tradition, and it's going to be a universal DH on both leagues. Oh, so, okay. So the de- that's a designated hitter, and that can be anybody from your 40-man roster or your 25-man roster. Yeah, usually it's not from a, a relief pitcher or anything. It's obviously an offensive player, but that player does not see the field ever. Wow. Okay. Okay. So that makes sense. It goes in, in an inning. There's the top of the inning and the bottom of the inning. Correct. So the 
top of the inning, that's when it starts the game. So it's like top of the first inning. That would be the away team batting. Yep. So when you're hosting a team, you know, it's a gentleman's game, right? So traditionally, an old American gentleman's game, ha-ha, you, you <laughs> let your guest bat first because you're, you're, you're the host of the game. But the catch is, if you're the home team and you're trailing, you get, to, you get the last chance to win. You get to bat last. Right, right. Because if it was like the ninth inning, oh, let me get this math straight. <laughs> sure, sure. If you get if if you're in the ninth inning and it's a close game, the home team gets a chance to win the game. But if you're an away team, oh my god, I'm so, so if the, if if you're an away team and you're losing one to nothing in yeah. the top of the ninth inning, and the home team gets three outs without any runs scored. The home team right. doesn't need to bat. The game's oh, over. Oh, right. One okay. Run. That makes sense. That makes sense. Because wow. why put up more runs? You already won the game. Right. Okay. Perfect. Mm. That That's amazing. Thank you for that tutorial about baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Raptors fans, if you guys don't understand, I still very confused. Tweet at Adam Corsair because wow, <laughs> this is a lot. But let's do a little bit of ba uh, basketball comparison. Sure, sure. Let's say, are there any timeouts uh, in baseball? Yes and no. Uh, there are mound visits. So if a if a pitcher is not um, having it, if uh, he needs medical attention, there's an automatic timeout, and the trainer can go uh, take a look at what's going on. And that's for any player. Um, okay. If there um, needs to be a pitching change, and the and the manager is apprehensive to do that, he'll come out to the mound, and I think he gets about a minute or two to have a conversation with the pitcher to see how he's feeling, what he want to do, or and very rarely, whoever is on the mound will they say, "I need to get out of this game." Very rarely, right? If that happens, right, right, right. they never want to get out. Um, but are those timeouts like? unlimited like can because i know that they're for the coaches they have the the coach then they got a batting coach they also have a pitching coach mm -hmm. so does that pitching coach get to go out whenever needed usually uh, traditionally that was how it happened but now because the the major league baseball wants to speed up the game a little bit more okay um uh, managers or whoever, there's only six mound visits allowed now in baseball. It used to be unlimited and, oh. because it was hardly ever taken advantage of, but there's six mound visits now. Okay. Uh, are there any coaches' challenges? Yes, that's new as well. Really? And actually, the Blue Jays were the first team ever in baseball history to challenge. No way. Yeah. How do you, like, what do they challenge? Though? They, I'm assuming they, they challenge like a ball and a strike? No, that's the only thing you can't challenge. Um, you can Come challenge, on. Yeah, you can't. Uh, really? Outs at the play, outs at a certain base, whether or not a throw beat a certain player instead of calling oh, a runner safe. Okay. It actually, it, it, it gets overturned quite a bit. Um, home runs are debated sometimes. Uh, if, if the ball is hit, really deep obviously and, a, and an ump doesn't have a good eye on it and it hits the top of the wall but it looks like it hit out the ump will call a home run and a manager will challenge and say no 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 that didn't go out at all so does the home run it will a ball have to touch a certain part of the wall in order to become a home run like it, does it have to surpass a certain line or something like that yeah usually um in some fields, obviously not all the traditional fields like Fenway Park, uh, Wrigley Field don't have these, but the newer slash updated fields typically have a yellow line on top of the wall. And if the ball touches mm. the very top, I'm talking like the 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 plate of the wall. If you're looking at a it's almost like a T, the top of the T, which is the wall, then it's a home run. If it hits in front of the wall, even on the corner, it is not a home run. Wow, really? Yes. So it has to, wow, that's crazy. It's okay. A game of inches. Man. Um yeah. How about I don't know and and I when I wrote this down I was like, "No, that that can't be it." But what about foul calls? Are there such thing as like uh, calling a foul out of on on a pitcher or a batter or something like that? In terms of like in, in compared to the NBA? <laughs> yeah. Um no, you get warnings, right? So warnings. traditionally in okay. baseball, um there's an unwritten rule, and I find this to be garbage, but there's an unwritten rule that you have to protect your players and you have to stand up for your players. And if there's an incident, uh, for instance, with the Houston Astros, I'm sure even though you're not familiar with baseball, I'm sure you are familiar with the scandal that happened with the Astros yep. that they cheated. Okay. Um, they were pretty much pitching targets uh, in the beginning of the year, right? The pitchers were intentionally humming at these players. 
and huh. if you do that's, that, that's an see. This is another question I have because I see a lot of pitchers throwing the ball at a player, and then they get mad. But is there a difference between you watching a pitcher intentionally throw a ball to a player? Yes, and, and, and instead of accidentally, you can tell that. Yes, absolutely, you can. Really, usually, if it's if you're looking at the batter and it comes within your rib cage or your shoulder, usually that's a that's an accident. And okay. it's just if you see the pitcher throughout the game has a lack of control and the ball's just going everywhere, even if it's coming towards the the hitter's head, the hitter will get upset, but he knows it's not personal. This this pitcher is just wild. Um, right, right, right. Typically, though, if it comes behind a player, that's a pitcher missing intentionally hitting him, mm, and that's when you see the the, the hitter yeah throw down the bat and charge the mound, and an umpire will either immediately eject the pitcher or he'll offer warnings, hard warnings. So those yeah. are considered your fouls. I saw that. I, th- I think it was Bryce Harper. I think oh, when he charged Bryce him Harper. out with his helmet. <laughs> oh. Is it always Bryce Oh, <laughs> That lock of hair, man. Yes. People love that lock of hair. Uh, okay, a couple more. What about the referee or the umps? Yep. I know that there are four. I know that there's the the crew chief that's behind the catcher and then there's one on each plate Mm -hmm. now now this could be controversial but are they worse or better than nba refs it's in your opinion i think i'd say they're equal um it depends on who we're talking about or equally good (laughs) equally both (laughs) because with with nba you get to challenge almost anything and the calls can be reversed. Now, obviously, some calls, even on the reversal process, aren't called correctly. But a coach can challenge almost anything in an NBA game. Can't necessarily do yeah. that with baseball. Baseball is a game that it embraces imperfections. Um, a strike zone is fairly subjective, whereas out of bounds in basketball, you're either on the line or you're not. Um, right. it, it's, it's, it's clear cut there's no bones about it. You're out of bounds. You're not with baseball. Some strikes are debatable. Uh, it, it depends on the, the umpires or the crew chiefs. eye at that moment, whether or not he finds something to be a strike or not. Baseball embraces the imperfections. Baseball embraces, um, humans fault, faults and everything like that. So when it hmm. comes to whether or not they're better, they're definitely showing their humanity and how they're not infallible. But in terms of their judgment, more than likely, it's correct. It's only when you okay. have these egregious calls that are highlighted um, will people complain. But I'd say 99% of the calls, balls and strikes, are correct. So hmm. they're the best at what they do. You have one umpire in particular, Angel Hernandez, who's just awful. I hear that name a lot. Yeah, awful. I hear him a lot. Awful. He's the most controversial <laughs> umpire there is so otherwise mr what mike wilner from 590 loves them yes yes in, in the, you know <laughs> yes <laughs> good lord he's terrible i've heard him a lot okay so the refereeing we can all agree that it's they're both there's there's a human aspect to it but they are the best at what they can do uh, yes so okay uh maybe we don't see any robot uh referees in the near future i hope not what about my la- my last one? And I feel like it's like kind of the shacting a fool mm-hmm. of the MLB. What does it mean when a pitcher balks? Okay, so if you make a forward motion, it's a balk. So if you see a pitcher set up, think about um, there are two ways a pitcher can set up his pitch. It's either with a windup, which is that traditional glove, arms raise up, glove kind of goes behind your head you hike your knee up and you throw forward. That's the traditional um, no men on base. That's what you do a wind up. When someone's on base, you pitch from the stretch. And that's when you see the pitcher stand completely vertical and just come into a motion, right? And just brings the the ball to the glove, kind of looks over his shoulder at the runner on first or second or third or what have you. Um, Because they might steal. Yes. So they're they're trying to keep them on the base. They'll throw to first or whatever just to keep them honest and say, I know what you're trying to do. If a pitcher makes any sort of forward motion towards home plate, that's a balk. And the runner that's on whatever base gets to advance. But that doesn't happen if there's no runners on base. 
like they can so the pitcher can do the forward motion when there's no runners on base but when there is a runner on base if they do a forward motion while looking at that player on base that's a bulk you can do it with no runner on base it's very rare um because most pitchers without a runner on base will pitch from a windup if it if there is a bulk uh with no one on base i believe the rule is that it turns into a ball uh for the batter or he's advanced to the to the uh, nearest base so to first base it's possible, but it's very unlikely that that happens. I feel like the bulk is just not something that happens a lot. It, it's very, very rare. These players are disciplined. And the pitchers have such a, a unique um, adherence to routine that they have their their motion and their craft down so perfectly. It hardly ever happens. Well, okay. Um Raptors fans, I hope you, I hope you guys all have the same uh, facial expressions that I do. Scratching your head, man. Just, yeah, just <laughs> I, like I'm trying not to have out through one ear out the other, but it's there's so much to baseball, and I'm glad that you're here to give us a tutorial about it. I'm I'm personally going to listen to all this back to try to understand it because I know the playoffs are on, but I'm so confused, bro. <laughs> It's it's a fairly simple game. Like you don't I I I appreciate the fact that you're asking the complicated questions about the nuances of the game. But if you just know three strikes you're out, runners mm-hmm. advance, um you can steal, um infield fly rule if there's a runner on base and a it hits in the infield and a player doesn't catch the ball, the run the guy who hit it is automatically out anyway. Things like that. Yeah. That's all you need to know. That's really the basics of the game. Dribble, layup, shot three-pointer yeah that's all you need to know yeah it's it fouls that's, that's all you need to know all right well adam thank you so much for giving us the tutorial hopefully you can stick around a little bit longer so we can talk about the blue jays sure yeah talk to you guys soon Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back, guys. We're here with Adam Corsair from South of the Six while she's napping and the Jaybird Washington podcast. He just gave us a long and wicked tutorial about how to play baseball because I, for one, have no idea. I know there is a bat. There's a ball. You try to hit it as far as you can. And everyone's trying to be Giancarlo Stanton. But Giancarlo Stanton is not on the Blue Jays. I want to know who is on the Blue Jays. So, Adam, could you give us kind of a raptorial? about who the, who are on the Blue Jays, who the president is, the GM, the coach. I feel like coach isn't really the word. Is it the manager? Manager, yes. Okay, so who's the who's the Maasai of the Blue Jays? So Maasai being the president of operations for the Blue Jays, uh, Mark Shapiro would be the president of operation for the Toronto Blue Jays. Does he have a good track record? Now. Now he now. does. Um, interesting 
there's a whole backstory as to his arrival here. Um, I'm sure you remember the 2015 and 16 playoff runs. Um, specifically, yeah, specifically the 2015 one. That was all made possible by Alex Anthopoulos, who at the time was the mm-hmm. general manager. Um, and he was beloved by the city because he made it possible. He brought this team to the postseason for the first time since 1993. Um, right. So you're talking 22 years. Um, and but, but I feel like he he like leveraged a lot of the Blue Jays' futures in order to do that. He 100 did. 100 did. But at, at the same time, you're chasing a World Series. You don't care about the future. You want to win the World Series. Um, mm. Let it be known, I would trade every single prospect that the Blue Jays had if it was guaranteed a World Series. Guaranteed. Well, that's not that's not what the Clippers. <laughs> no, no, no. It's got to be guaranteed. Obviously, you can't guarantee anything in sports. Look at the Clippers. Right. But um. Yeah, so with the departure of Alex Anthopoulos, Mark Shapiro came in. Um, he was filling in for Paul Beeston. Now, Paul Beeston had been with the organization since its inception in 77. Wow, really? Yeah, so he's yeah. always had... He's been off and on here and there, but he's always had an office with the Toronto Blue Jays. He's always been an influential part of the process. Um, okay. He was the president at the time. Rogers wanted to go in a different direction. So they hired Mark Shapiro. Now, Mark Shapiro said, hey, Alex, I'd like to keep you on as general manager, but we're not going to give you full autonomy with your decision making. It's sort of a shared process. And Alex Anthopoulos said, I don't want anything to do with that and left. And as a result of that, Toronto Blue Jays fans were very bitter towards Mark Shapiro, coupled with stripping the team down and selling off to retain those assets to fill back up the farm system, to fill up the cupboards again in order to build a consistent winner. You're talking three years of losing. That doesn't help the cause at all either. So Mm -hmm. he was vilified when he first came in. Wow. But he took it on. He took it on strong. And now you kind of see the future at hand. I know that they're... You, okay, we'll, we'll get into the players, but mm. uh, it's it's interesting to see that he took on a project knowing that he was going to be villainized. And now, you know, he's kind of reaping the benefits from it. What about the, uh, I guess, the Bobby Webster, the GM? Ross Atkins. So he is someone that has worked with Mark Shapiro for a number of years previously. Mark Shapiro was the GM of the Cleveland Indians and their success was largely built on what he did for that farm system. So when, when you see Shapiro come in, you say, well, look what he did with Cleveland. And I want to say Ross Atkins was the assistant general manager to Mark Shapiro. So they both came in in tandem. Um, There was an interview process, but we all knew at the time the writing was on the wall. Ross Atkins is is getting the job. Um, he and it's a it's a hand in hand process, right? There's no executive decisions by Mark Shapiro or Ross Atkins. It's it's a process that they do together. It's it's a whole building block mentality, which has sort of mm-hmm. been embraced now by Toronto Blue Jays fans, given the the talent that has been coming in. And um, yeah, they've they've made really smart and well thought out, thorough, prudent decisions that have benefited the squad. So. There's a there's a link there, really. Masai Ujiri is by far the best president in any sport, uh, in period. He's just the right. best. Um, but Mark Shapiro for baseball, I would put him up there. I wouldn't say he's necessarily the best in MLB, but he can more than hold his own. And Ross Atkins, to his credit, has also made some very good decisions when it comes to the longevity of success for this team. So there's similarities hmm. between Bobby Webster and Masai Ujiri to Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro. It's not a direct parallel, but there are similarities. Right. Yeah, but like the that kind of tandem that not the you know every, one person speaks for everybody, but there's a team effort to right. it. Right, I like that. Um, now when it comes to the coach, and like I said before, there's I feel like there's not really a, a coach when it comes to uh, the bench boss, but who is um, I guess the Nick Nurse of the Blue Jays, Charlie Montoyo. So he, the reason why it's called the manager is because he manages the the game. He sets the lineups. Um, he makes the decisions to pull a pitcher at a certain time. He makes okay. bullpen calls. He makes uh, roster adjustments in games. If there's a position change that needs to happen, um, if there's a shift that needs to put on, he's the one that orchestrates this. That's the manager's job. Um, I know that it used to be Gibby for quite some time, and then yes. there was some uh, admiration for him. And then, but then it, it was almost like split in half when it came came to the fans. And now, uh, now Charlie is here. And what do you think about him? Uh, I have mixed feelings about Charlie Montoyo. Um, so Gibby was great. He was here twice. He was, he was the the manager during, I want to say 2007. 
around that so time. So was Cito, right? Mm-hmm. Cito was the, here twice the, as well. Yes. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So actually, when Gibby was fired the first time, Cito took over. Jeez. Yeah. So <laughs> they, really, they, they really like it here. <laughs> yes, yeah. He took over, and then he got released, and John Farrell, the Red Sox game, and then John Gibbons came after that. It's a whole process. But Charlie Montoya, is a, as a person, he's, he's really fun. Um, he's always positive. He, he's a manager's, he's a player's manager. He never sells out his players. He'll never, ever, ever speak ill of his players to the press. It's always glowing. Um, That's great. I don't know what happens behind closed doors. I'm sure he's, you know, tough as nails when he has to be. I would hope he is, but he's very similar to Nick Nurse in their demeanor. Uh, Nick Nurse loves to play guitar. Well, Charlie Montoyo loves to play the bongos and he embraces that (laughs) in, in the, in the, um, in the uh, clubhouse charlie montoyo is is great but there's a certain level of uh intuition that i feel like a manager needs to develop and again this is his first management position that he's ever had um to feel out the game and he's still kind of raw in that regard so i have been on record to call him a transitional manager a bridge manager for when uh the 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 club kind of wants what they rather when they get what they really want in a manager i'm not sure charlie is the solution for long term Mm. okay okay well i mean he didn't really get to inherit a Kawhi leonard no so yeah i i see that i I, i've seen interviews with with charlie he seems like a wonderful person as a coach i'm not so sure and i'll believe i'll believe you i mean (laughs) i know i know you know what you're talking about but what about the players now i i you know like you said for the 2014 15 16 seasons you know about batiste or yeah Yeah. joey bats Mm -hmm. incarnacion Mm -hmm. martin like i i remember those faces but now it's completely new i know a couple of kids and these guys these guys are kids but i want to know maybe like the 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 Toronto Raptors comparison so let's say the leader of of the group like the Kyle Lowry who would be that on the Blue Jays roster it's difficult to say cuz Kyle Lowry is the one of the oldest on the team right now if not the oldest depending on what happens with Marcus Saul um i would have to say in terms of a of a of a veteran presence it would be Ryu the pitcher, Hunjin Ryu, the the new pitcher. Oh, that we okay. The, the new free agent that, yeah. that signed from LA, I think. Exactly, the Dodgers. Okay. Um, but in terms of one that's a positional player, um, make no mistake about it. This is Kyle Lowry's team for the Raptors. That's right. we know this. Um, everyone wants to talk about Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but make no mistake about it. This is Bobachet's team. Bobachet is by far front to back, all around in every aspect of the game. And people are going to be ruthless to me because yesterday he had two (laughs) costly errors. But other than that, on both sides of the diamond, he is the best player on this team, bar none. Wow. So are you, you're talking about offense and because I I think he plays shorts. Yes. Yes. So fielding and hitting. Okay. So he's not necessarily the, the oldest, but as, as the, the face of the franchise, you'd probably say Bo. See, that's where it's kind of different because people, when you think of the Blue Jays, you hear, rather you think Vladimir Guerrero Jr., right? Because I would put him in like the Siakam role, like the the Vladimir Guerrero. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Okay. Still kind of, and again, not no discredit to either of their talents. Still sort of developing in front of our eyes. Right. Hasn't really hit their potential, whereas Bulbachet has exceeded his potential or, or really at least our early expectations as to what he can be. So maybe the, the, the comp would be... F- Bobachet is the Fred Van Vliet of the team, right? He's exceeded all expectations. He's comes from a a, a family of, of athletes. He's by far the best player on this team and one that you want to build around uh, mm. in years to come. So he would be our future. Oh, yeah. Okay, I like that. If Bo is the the future of it what about like the the rising star the 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 bow before bow the og if you will of the team okay uh cavin cavin biggio cavin biggio yeah dude my favorite player on this oh, team he is okay he is my he's my binky right now i love <laughs> everything about this kid his swing so the most beautiful swing i've ever seen in my life is ken griffey jr swing it's oh man, that that's straight. That man, I still beautiful. got Ken Griffey Jr. on N64, bro. Yeah, I still dude, play that game. Great game, 
great. It's either the first or the second greatest baseball game ever for video 100%. games. Um, I, that's the only baseball game. So it is the baseball it's, game. It's the only so baseball good. game I own. So good. And his swing is a thing of beauty. You can frame it frame by frame. It's just picture perfect. Okay. Kevin Biggio is a very close second to me. Really? Yes. He's a like. Left- are you talking about? Like the exact kind of positioning, or just like in in his own way, beautiful in its own way. It's nice mm. and fluid all the time. He has an incredible eye at the plate to the point where he'll argue balls and strikes the next day with the umpire. Really? Not like heated, but he'll say, "No, that's that's a ball or that's a strike." I'm telling you, and uh, the ump will review it at you know after the game's over, and more often than not, goes up to Kevin and say, "No, you were right." You were right. His baseball IQ is unmatched. He is so fundamentally sound. Um, His swing is just a thing of beauty. It's level. It's straight. His approach, everything about it is just picture perfect. Um, And he can play multiple positions. He'll play any position you want him to play. Any, And will not complain. Will not Mm -hmm. complain about it. He is a soldier for this team. And to me, that is why he is what did it for me, kind of a side note, in the beginning of the, the season with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, there was a player on our squad that uh, wanted to kneel during the national anthem, but he was an up-and-coming okay. rookie. And he said, I don't know if I can do this because um, if I do, I might get kicked off the team. And, Ka- and wow. his name was uh, Anthony Alford. He was a black athlete. And okay. Kevin Biggio confirmed future of this team, untouchable, said, if I do it, will that make you more will that make you more comfortable if I do it with you? I like that. And he did it. And to me, that just capped it. I'm like, you are incredible as an athlete and as a person. Incredible. Mm, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. So he's he's used he knows his privilege in this league and he's trying to uplift people around yes. him because of his position. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. And, and kudos to the players to, for doing that. Um, but that, that's amazing, man. And and I know that there are tons of other other names that like I, I know about Ryu uh, and I know about, you know, Teoscar Hernandez, uh, but there's there's so many players to get into. I, I hope I wish we had like, you know, more than <laughs> two hours. <Yeah. laughs> this would be amazing. But, I, you know, I wanted to know now that unfortunately I know that the Jays playoff season wasn't very long mm. and that's okay because they played tampa bay rays and they are uh, apparently the best team in the mlb yes um so it's it's okay and now i want to know with the you know team that we have now do you know if there's any like off-season moves or maybe some trade rumors that us toronto fans should look forward to or maybe look out for so if there's one thing that this team needs to do it's to reinforce the starting rotation I don't know how they're going to do it. They this is the first time this season was the first time that you saw the the front office acquire assets for the now and not for the future, and that was mm, really right. really exciting, right? So when this regime took took over, like I said, there was a couple down years because that's they were selling off aging assets and trying to acquire things that would help them for the future. So the return wasn't immediate. And you sort of had to sit back and wait and sort of evaluate their minor league career or their tenure there and say, okay, we have something to look forward to. It doesn't necessarily help us out right now, but there's always 2021. This is the first time that the front office made acquisitions for the now to make that playoff push. So now the standard has been set. So no longer can they make moves for just the future. They need to reinforce this because you don't go to a playoff and then not return. Right. The, hmm. the stage has been set. The bar has been raised. So what I think they're going to do is they'll probably be aggressive in the trade market um, heading into the offseason once the, the World Series ends, because that's when you, you're allowed to do these things, winter meetings and whatnot. Um, right. Or rather, you're allowed okay. to make signings. Um, outfield help might be at a premium. Bullpen help is something you always need. But the starting rotation needs to be addressed. So starting rotation as in like starting five or something mm-hmm. like that. Exactly. And when it comes to okay. Okay. And we're and we're also talking about pitchers and batters too. Or pitchers and infielders and outfielders. Just just pitchers. Whoever the starting rotation. Oh, okay. So that that's what was confusing me. Starting mm-hmm. rotation means the pitchers. Yep. So it's the five pitchers that start a game every day. Wow. Okay. I did I had no idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay. Um, so w- hopefully we can look out for trades uh for in the offseason so we can win now. Now, 
with that being said, what do you think are the chances of the Jays winning? Is it called the pennant? Uh, the pennant is when they win the American League. So think of the pennant as Eastern Conference champions. Oh, okay. So, okay. So like the conference. Yes. The league, mm. quote unquote. Yeah. So what what is the what's the Larry O'B called? The World Series trophy. It's just called the World Series yeah, trophy. Yeah, World Series trophy. Oh, I do like the trophy though. That's a very pretty it's trophy beautiful. with all the flags and everything. Yeah, the flag. Yep, exactly. It's very nice. Um, what are your what do you think are the chances for the Jays? Like on honest, how many years or do you like you said you think it's now? What are your actual thoughts? Because I know the Rays are really good, the Yanks are really good. I, I mean, hopefully the Red Sox sucks because I don't really. Oh, they suck. I love it. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. But yeah, what do you what do you think the Jays' chance of winning uh, the championship in twenty twenty one? Slim to none. Or maybe in the near future. Slim to none in twenty twenty one. Yes, yeah, slim to none. There's still work that needs to be done. You're looking at a serious push probably around 2022, 2023. Really wouldn't surprise me if they if they made a World Series push in 2023. It gives players like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, who's just starting to arrive right now, Lourdes Gurriel, Kevin Biggio, Bobochet, time to sort of cement themselves and really fall into the groove. That's prime years right there. Those are prime years. And if they okay. hit their ceiling, there is not a position on this team in any of the infield or outfield positions that gives me any sort of apprehension, any sort of doubt. If they can hit their ceiling, they are going to be what the Tampa Bay Rays are right now. You're here to hear first, guys. <laughs> maybe not this year, clearly not this year, maybe not next year, but hopefully in 2022, 2023, you'll see the beautiful flags that are raised in the World Series Championship Toronto Blue Jays. Well, Adam... Thank you, thank you, thank you. Of course. For being the guinea pig of the That's a Rap tutorial. I mean, whoever follows That's a Rap knows who Adam Corsair is. You really don't got to plug, but I know I, I, I want you to. Because you have so many good podcasts that are in and around uh, what you do. So please, please, Adam, tell the listeners where they can find you when it comes to Raptors and, you know, social, cultural, family and Blue Jays. Where can they find you, brother? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. This was this was fun. I haven't uh, been able to break down the game yet, really, to anybody for a long time. So I'm glad. You sort of tested my knowledge on some things, too. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad you're keeping me honest, Jason. I appreciate Word. it. But um, you can find me, if you're if you're a Raptors fan, you can find me on Twitter at South of the Six. That's where I primarily, if not exclusively, do my Toronto Raptors talk. I like to separate these things and sort of... Um, keep them in their own separate space um for blue jays you can just follow my personal handle at adam corsair um i do a podcast with two other brilliant people uh craig borden and brendan Pennicar. they're much smarter than i am and they have established the show i just sort of hopped on and for this season and i'm going to continue to be on this show but it's, it's a privilege to be able to talk to those guys on a weekly basis it's called jaybird watching you can hit up that twitter at birdwatching gc um, if you want to hear me and my wife ramble about social issues or parenting or marriage, listen. Or if I could pick, if I could pick any of the three, I'd pick well. While she's not, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's 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 starting to pick up some momentum. So, um, and believe me, I am not the star of that show. My wife is by far the star of that show. So, um, you can find that. It's called While She's Napping. Um, we're very active more on Instagram at While She's Napping and on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash While She's Napping. But Jason, man, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate this, man. Thank you. No, not at all. Thank you so much, man. Adam, always being always being modest. But until next time, everybody, for That's a Rap, you can find all of us at That's a Rap Pod. Instagram, we don't really work on Instagram too much, but you can find us there at That's a Rap Podcast. But until next time, everybody, That's a Rap.